officially taken the wheel. The media attention has ramped up significantly, and it's almost time for the unveiling of Leo Messi. Hello and hola to everyone y todos. Welcome back to Miami Total Football Radio, the number one and most listened to inter-Miami-focused podcast that has been listened to in 50 countries and counting. It is here where the beautiful game collides with passion and analysis as we provide you with all the latest team news, opinions, inside information, general punditry, and much more via a team of seasoned South Florida-based reporters. This is also a bilingual show, so you will hear Spanish phrases, terms, frases throughout the course of the podcast. Now, there are now four of us on this show, but only three made it this week. But it should be an interesting dynamic because it's not the usual three. We've got a new trio on this week's podcast. First time that the three of us have done a show together, so I'm curious to see how it all goes. So joining me... One of the usual, I would say faces, but we're not on video yet, so voices, is Andrea Yanis, a.k.a. Ajisita. We'll start with you. Andrea, how are you doing today? Hello, Franco. I'm doing good. Ready to get rolling, ready to, to get on this messy train that we, the, that we are riding and have been riding since a couple of weeks ago. Well, joining us on the messy train... By the way, is, is there a conductor to the messy train? Is there? Is, I mean, I don't know, Andrea. You said that you didn't think it was happening not too long ago. And I said from the jump, I thought it, there was a real good chance. So maybe I'm the conductor. Anyway, uh, also joining us on this week's episode for his second appearance as a member of Miami Total Football Radio is Simon Evans. Simon, I still will not yet ask you to roll your R's like that, but I will ask you... How you're doing on this Thursday night? We're recording a little bit later than usual, but that's because it was a busy, busy week. So how are things going? Things are great, Franco. Yes, thank you uh, for having me on again. And hi, Andrea. And uh, yeah, um, I've been working on my role in my ass, so we'll do that sometime. <laughs> but not quite yet. Not quite yet. You've got to get your feet underneath you, you know, messy style. You know, he's warming up, gearing up practicing getting all rondos yeah i need to do a few (laughs) rondos not bad not bad um but look it's been a hectic week it's been a busy week um for us covering the team covering the messy mania the messy madness and i'm sure for all the listeners and fans at home that have been following along intently uh with every development regarding the argentine superstar so of course that is going to make up the bulk of this week's show. We are going to talk about the last three days since Messi touched down in South Florida, uh, what's happened, what we've seen, the sights, the scenes, everything that's gone on over the past few days in the lead up to Sunday's official presentation. Of course, we have to touch on the most recent game. We'll do so a little bit later on in the pod, which was the draw on the road against DC United. And of course, we'll preview this weekend's game against St. Louis City SC. So, a lot to talk about. I know Andrea and Jose, uh, I know Andrea and Simon, gotta get used to that, are both pressed on time today. So, we won't waste any more time. Let's get to it. Alright, jumping straight into it. Lionel Messi has arrived. He is in South Florida. He landed at Fort Lauderdale Executive Airport on Tuesday to a good bit of fanfare and a whole lot of media attention. There was a Telemundo helicopter uh, in the skies above Drive Pink Stadium not long after Messi landed. 
you know, Telemundo was probably trying to get get an image from up above, although I don't think they had any luck. Um, you know, there was there was a few media that turned out to see, myself included, if Messi would pop up out of the training facility, but alas, he did not. The only thing that was seen on Tuesday with regards to Messi was that he and his family got off the plane. There was an image from afar from, uh, if I'm not mistaken, ESPN in Argentina and uh, TY Sports, as it would be called in, in English, um, which is also an Argentine outlet. They got the exclusive images, which I know some other media members were not too happy about. But nonetheless, the important news is that Messi arrived on Tuesday. So before we get to Wednesday and Thursday, let's do this in chronological order. I will start with Andrea, who has a seniority on the podcast. Andrea, what are your thoughts on Messi's arrival, you know, him touching down on Tuesday? There were fans in attendance uh, outside of Drive Pink Stadium, you know, celebrating the news and cheering. So what did you just think of the overall setup there on Tuesday? Well, I wish I just wish wish the team or or the supporters would have known something in advance because they were fans, but they were not like a, hundreds of fans waiting for him in the airport like you usually expect when a player like this arrives. So that was kind of disappointing in that aspect because it could have it it could have been better. By, uh, but I understand that they are waiting for their event, their unveil, and their show that they're going to do on Sunday, so I kind of understand that, but it, it is a glimpse of what is to come now um, of Inter-Miami. Inter-Miami really doesn't matter. All that matters now is Lionel Messi, and and since uh, Tuesday, that has been the case. It's been, right, like, the, all the talk, even when we had the scrum on Wednesday, which we'll get to, was just mostly about Messi, right? Like, it's like an afterthought that Inter-Miami has a game this weekend. Like, for most people... It's just all messy. It's all messy. And again, we will talk mostly messy because that is the news of the day, the news of the week. But we're also going to talk about the game because there is a game to be played and there is a team that's going to be playing that game. It's not just all about one player, even if he is arguably the greatest of all time. Simon, your thoughts on how Tuesday played out with Messi touching down? Do you share Andrea's sentiment that it's a bit disappointing? Or is it understandable given that Inter-Miami is trying to probably... uh, keep the madness to a minimum with regards to Leo? Well, I don't know, are they? I mean, I think it would have been brilliant images um, of, you know, Messi arriving even at an executive airport and, uh, and you know, at least having like, you know, 60, 100 fans there with flags and banners and chanting and like it, it projects some enthusiasm from the fan base, doesn't it? Rather than him and his family walking across and sort of being ferried away, um a little bit uh, sneakily, really, to avoid avoid you know media attention or whatever. And, and fans have been at the stadium from pretty early on in the morning, from what I understand. And they were obviously disappointed he didn't do what we all thought he was going to do, which was go from that really short journey from the executive <laughs> airport to the stadium. Uh, doesn't seem to have happened, or if it did, it was done in a in a really sneaky way that nobody could uh, could spot it. So it's a pity, really. I mean, I suppose you know. He hadn't signed the contract yet. You don't want some situation where, like, you know, something gets too messy there or whatever. No pun intended. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> uh, it's going to happen all the time, that, isn't it? But it's, it's, um, yeah, I mean, he arrived. 
I mean, it just shows what you know how big a name he is and what a big deal this is. When you know somebody we all knew was coming, he was obviously going to arrive in the country at some stage. But it was still news when as he landed on on American soil. That tells you how big how big he is and how big this story is. And he and his family were coming from the Bahamas from vacationing. So Messi's sporting a nice little reddish tan there. Um, and yes, you could see that they were in you know summer gear, shorts, uh, beach t-shirts, at least for Messi's part. Uh, they, they got off the plane and the, literally the images, the video that the, the two media outlets that I mentioned before got were like, what, 10 seconds long? It wasn't all all that much. And it was the same image for both for both uh, both channels, which to me leads me to believe that that was distributed to them. But that's just my sensation. Um, look, I, for me, I think it's clear that they are trying to minimize, at least until Sunday, as much of Messi Mania as possible, right? Because otherwise, like you said, he would land in one of the international airports, like uh, like Miami International or, or Florida, or excuse me, Fort Lauderdale and Hollywood Airport. But he didn't. He landed at the Fort Lauderdale Executive Airport, which, yes, logistically speaking, is right next to Drive Pink Stadium, so that makes sense. But with the way that we heard, and I know you had colleagues on the ground there, Simon, that uh, had to deal with the blocking off of certain sections, I mean, clearly they didn't want a whole lot of attention on Messi's arrival, right? Like, the only images that came out are, like, a 10-second video of him walking um, towards a car. So... To me, it's clear that Inter Miami trying, was trying to, to, to manage that. Now, you know, with regards to Tuesday, let's stay on Tuesday here because there were fans there. And a portion, a bulk of the fans that were there chanting and doing interviews with the dif- different channels that started appearing, I got there around 2 o'clock. Like, we had, we had heard early in the day that Messi was probably going to arrive on, or that he was arriving at some point that day. We just didn't know exactly what time. So I made my way over to Drive Pink Stadium around 2.30. Uh, he had already touched down, I believe, at 1.30, if I'm not mistaken. And there were already fans there, like you mentioned, Simon. But the bulk of the fans were part of this new... I don't even know if you can call it supporters group because uh, they're not supporting a team. They're supporting a, a player. I guess that could still be a supporters group. Um, and it was... Fun club. Fun club. They're a fun club. <laughs> well, they are called Messias three hundred five, and they were they say <laughs> outwardly that they are Leo Messi fans. That they are a Leo Messi fan club, and they made up again the majority of the fans that turned out. Which, understandably, so there wasn't any official announcement or any you know any details in the press about when Messi was arriving beforehand. It was in the middle of a work day, so understandably so. But. As the day went on and time passed, more and more news channels started popping up. More and more media outlets started popping up. Um, you know, Channel 6, Channel 4 was already there when I got there. But Channel 6 got there later on. Uh, and some of the Latin channels and Latin media outlets came out later on. And, and you, <laughs> I saw the same interview with Messias 305 happen, like, I don't know how many times. At least half a dozen times. <laughs> so, you know, there's been some talk out there, especially from non-Inter-Miami fans about, you know, the perception of having a supporters group or a fan club that is just about one player. But nonetheless, it's good to see, to me, it's good to see some enthusiasm about his arrival. It's good to see 
uh, more excitement, and if that means more people will turn out to games, then absolutely that's a positive for, for Inter-Miami. It's up to Inter-Miami to make those fans, or as many of those fans as possible, stick around for the longer term after Leo Messi's uh, eventual departure as a player for this team. Uh, anything you want to add there, Andrea? Because you had a little sinister laugh with regards to Messi S305. No, it's because I've gotten messages from people that are in the supporters group that were upset with that because, listen, uh, let's face the reality. Um, people that come to the stadium, like Orlando fans, Austin fans, and, and some fans that that are visiting supporters that travel to Inter-Miami, Online, they had made fun of the team using uh, speakers, using fake ambience in the stadium, and uh, were saying my that Miami fans were plastic fans, like everything else in Miami, right? So <laughs> this is going to add to that. But listen, it makes me laugh, but it cre it will create culture here in the United States because it will really create that rivalry between the the supporter groups. So when you have uh, people that really support the club and, and they see this, I guess they get bothered because they some people don't care, but the supporters are bothered by uh, watching that because you come out and say that you, you really don't care about what happened to the team. You just care about what Messi is doing. It's a little bit uncomfortable. So I've gotten messages of people saying, I hope <laughs> they don't try to sit in the supporter section. <laughs> well, I mean, that's definitely, uh, there's definitely that sentiment out there from some people in the other supporters groups. Like, hey, you know, we've been here from the beginning and you're just popping up because Messi's here. Um, so th there is some of that sentiment. Um, you know, listen, if it's all for the same cause in the end, I think I think it'll all work itself out. I think uh, you know it'll be ironed out, um, but we'll see. We'll see. It's definitely something that other fans of other teams who may or may not be envious that Messi is in South Florida with Inter-Miami, you know, they've poked fun at and been like, oh, it's cringe. You know, I saw a lot of that sentiment um, on the post that I shared on Twitter, at Franco Panizo, if you don't follow me there. You can do so, and you can see uh, some of the video, some of the images, some of the chants um, that took place there on Tuesday. Also, something that I saw on Tuesday that I also shared is the stand in the, what is that, southeast corner. That has gone up. <laughs> I do, well, that has that has gone up. That is just laughing all over the place on this podcast. Um, so that stand is up. Now, I don't think it's complete. So to be fair... Right? Because I, I took video from the outside. It's missing the seat. Look, but... So, the stand is there. The stand is up. It has been erected. Now, I was able to get my hands on some images from the inside of the venue. Now, I did not walk into the inside of the venue. was not allowed to do so. But I did get my hands on some photos from the inside of Drive Pink Stadium and what that northeast corner looks like right now. Like Andrea said, the seats are missing. So right now you just see, you know, like a blank sheet. A big white uh, opening surrounded by some fences for, for the stands. That's also gotten some attention. That's also gotten some criticism because people think it looks tacky or poor uh, or cheap. Again, the caveat is that it's not completed yet, right? When the, the images that came out, they're not yet. Those aren't the stands in its totality and its completion. You know, 
I'm not going to compare it to the Mona Lisa, but, uh, you know, it's like if a, if a painting was uh, halfway done. Like, so it, don't really know exactly what it'll look like. We have an idea. Um, Andrea, I go back to you because you laughed. Simon, you did not laugh, so I'll go to you next. But, uh, Andrea, what are your thoughts? Why are you laughing about those stands? Because, Franco, uh, let's be real, they look awful. They look awful, and they are tickets that are $250 right now and you're practically in a corner um one thing about the stadium that i really like is that it doesn't matter where you sit you you can watch the game and you can have it doesn't matter if you had a a hundred dollar ticket in 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 this before messi era or you had a four dollar ticket in this messi era you could see the game from every every seat in 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 the stadium and and watch it properly from this corners i don't know what what kind of view will you have so i really understand people that that were laughing especially fans um outside from the us because they don't they expected inter miami to be uh that big team beckham's team to have a stadium like hard rock and many people have asked me from outside the U.S., like, why don't they play a hard rock? Why isn't the stadium as hard rock? And they, they don't really understand that it's a temporary stadium. So I understand all, all, all the criticism, but I guess the team, the positive thing here is that the team is, is finding a solution. Listen, they couldn't go to hard rock. They had a concert, and they cannot go after this week also because they, the next week there is a Beyonce concert, so they cannot go and play there. And then the Dolphins, UM, it's not happening. Unless it's a cup game, it's not happening. Uh, people need to forget about Hard Rock because it's not happening. So uh, the, the positive thing here is that the team made it happen, found a solution. It's not the best, but it's the solution that they have available in this moment because there's really no other possibility because they cannot go to Hard Rock. So you touched on an interesting element there that I don't think we've talked about on this pod enough. And I think it's time to do so a little bit. Um, and that's that there are now worldwide eyeballs on this team, which we knew was coming, right? That's not the part we haven't talked about. But from our seats as media members who are now in the hub of what is probably the most interesting team in the world right now you know what what has been the outside perception that you've gotten simon this one goes to you and i just touched on a little bit right because and i'm sure you're talking to a lot of latin american media i'm sure you're talking to a lot of uh honduran media that's asking and then it's inquiring about inter miami and it's laying their eyes on on you know the stadium and the training facility and the team and the roster you know for the first time in their careers and in their lives I expect the same is true for you, Simon, but with people across the pond in Europe, probably most notably over there in England. So, Simon, what has been the response or what, what have you discussed with some colleagues about the, the whole thing as more and more people are tuning in to Inter-Miami and its surroundings? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, uh, actually, most of the people I've spoken to have been have been from continental Europe about it rather than England, to be mm -hmm. honest. But I think I think that um, the general feeling is is that uh, Messi's gone to you know gone to a retirement league. Um, he's gone for a final payday. Um, he he's going to uh, exploit 
his commercial opportunities in America for a couple of years before before he hangs up his boots, and uh, the football shouldn't be taken too seriously. Unfortunately, that is the impression a lot of people have, because you know when people in the U.S. talk about how much uh, MLS has developed in terms of the quality of football and so on, I think there's no doubt that's absolutely true. Um, you know, I, as I said last time, I was away for, for five years back in England and came back and I didn't watch a lot of MLS during that five years. And I really can notice the difference now that the, the quality of football is much, much better. But most people don't know that, right? They're not watching it. They're watching their own leagues. They're watching games in their own time zone, obviously. Um, so there is that kind of negative view about it. Um and we know how the world is these days, especially with, with, with social media, Twitter and so on, that people will leap on things that confirm their prejudices, right? So if the stadium looks like a rickety temporary stadium with a little bit of seating borrowed from the F1 track at Hard Rock stuck in the corner of the ground, then people are going to laugh at that if it looks like it. I don't think it'll look that bad when it's full of people, actually, because doesn't matter what it looks like when it's empty, really, does it? You know, it, it's what it looks like when the place is full of full of fans. Um, from that point of view, I would just say about the stadium that they've got to get it right, right from the offset. There's no, you know, there's no oh teething problems. Oh, it's only his first game. No, you've got to get it right from the offset because people are paying big, big money for these tickets, and we know what this town is like. If, if they go there and they don't get to see the venue properly, they can't park their car properly, there's confusion with security, uh, they can't get a drink or food because the queues are too big or whatever whatever problems. Hey, right? we, need, we need to translate the, the queues line because I didn't know what that meant. The lines, until I went to the <laughs> lines, sorry. The yeah. lines. Hey, no, listen, I, when I went to, to London... Look, it, it's a cosmopolitan <laughs> podcast. People get that. Podcast. Hey, I don't, I don't, hey, listen. Yeah, Franco, <laughs> I got it. Hey, listen, if I had not gone to, to England, I would not know what cues are. But anyway, I digress. Sorry, okay, Simon. Lines. Okay. <laughs> so um, people in Miami, if they're not happy with what they get for their 250 bucks, they're not going to come back again. Not only are they not going to come back again, they're going to moan and bitch to all their friends everywhere. And soon it becomes a thing that like, oh, they brought Messi here, but the, the stadium's a disaster. I mean, it's already difficult that it's out in Fort Lauderdale, right? Much as I like Fort Lauderdale, much as I actually quite like that area because I've watched lots of football there before, as we all have. Um, but for a lot of people, the people who are going to be spending 300 bucks to travel up from Miami to watch it, you've got to give them a top-class experience. And the, the, there is a risk there, you know, let, without worrying what people around the rest of the world see because that's going to be on TV, right? And you can make anything look pretty good on TV. I mean... I've been watching cricket from Texas right, this evening. <laughs> it looks really, really good on TV. I'm sure if I was at the stadium, it, it wouldn't be quite a top-class experience, but it looks just like watching top-class cricket from anywhere in the world because you can do that with the magic of TV. So I think that part, the international part, it'll look fine. Is the service going to be up to scratch for what people expect? That's so, a big question. So I think what both of you touched on there, uh, the key word is temporary, right? This is not Inter-Miami's long-term home this is a venue but for messi it will be it will be for most for of years for most of his going to right, exactly. it's, it's going to be messi's home let's right. be real and I, and I get that that for people who are used to seeing him play in first world or first rate facilities they can be taken aback by where he's 
going to be playing because it's not it's not up to the same standard. But that's because this stadium is temporary. The stadium that they're planning to build in Miami, that you know it's supposed to work is supposed to begin soon. That will be Inter Miami's permanent home, and that should have all the bells and whistles and look, you know, aesthetically much more pleasing. Inter Miami's making do. Twenty twenty five, all right. Twenty twenty five projected summer to, to fall of 2025 inter miami's making do with what they've got it's not ideal but it is what it is i would say this i you know Andrea, you touched on the point that i think is the most um i don't know what word i'm looking for but the most pertinent part is those seats will come with a pretty decent price right they're not going to be five dollar tickets the sight lines from those seats need to be as good as they can possibly make them. Because, I mean, people are going to spend their hard-earned cash to watch the game, to see Messi. And if, you know, the sight lines are obstructed or you can't really see parts of the field because of, you know, it's it's on a corner, essentially, then, you know, then that's not great. So hopefully, from that standpoint, the team has figured out so that everyone that sits in those stands can get a full view of the game. Obviously from an angle, but can get a full view of the game. Imagine not being able to see one corner of the field. I don't I don't know. I haven't been there, but that's just one one thing that you hope uh, is the case that everyone can see the full field because they'll be paying a pretty penny to sit there. Anyway, all right. Moving on to Wednesday. We attended training. The three of us as well as Jose Armando, the other member of this lovely team. But he is not here in the house this week. It was a bit of a different practice. A lot more media attention. A completely different check-in setup. Simon, you haven't been around all that much in terms of regularly attending practices. So, Andrea, I will ask you this question. Because we've gone regularly for the past three seasons and change. What was the normal setup? for us attending a standard inter-Miami practice? Okay. Uh, first of all, I'm going to start with the first thing. No roadblocks. <laughs> no roadblocks. Um, I tried to get in uh, by the entrance in 15th Street, the entrance that I've used all the four years that we've been covering this team. And it was blocked. And they told me that I had to go and uh, go in by the other side. So that was the first thing. Then, um, I didn't get this, but uh, then they blocked the entrance to the parking lot where media was supposed to uh, to park and had people there checking in if you had checked in before or you had RSVP before to go to practice. Um, and they were checking each one. Then they made us wait outside. We couldn't be by the gate as, as we usually used to wait or uh, spying around there. We had to... Uh, I that arrived very early I had to wait in my car because security came by and told me that I had to wait in my car and that I couldn't film I couldn't get out my phone or get out my camera (laughs) or do anything because I was being watched and if I did anything I would be escorted out premises and my credential would be taken away So, so you couldn't you couldn't do your job essentially okay yes at least until we we got uh in in the time that we were supposed which, to get which in, which is which is kind of okay, which is kind of silly. I, I don't know about that. I think that's kind of silly. I think it's kind of silly because 
No, if, well, well, to get to get official pictures, well, yes, but if if uh, they are expecting everyone is going to abide by those rules, they are crazy because listen, when he trains for the first time, media that does not get a credential, they will bring an escalator and climb, put it in the street that is a public street that they cannot close and get pictures. They will find a way. But um, for people that, that were there, they were very strict. They had a, a guard in every corner, in every in every gate. And then they made us wait outside and then they checked us in one by one, checked our bags. I, I Well, it was really different. Then we had the gates that we couldn't go through. No, no, the gates, the barricades. I don't know how to say it in English. Las rejas, those things. I don't know how to say it in English. Um, that the fence, yeah, the fence that were blocking you from certain point to get to to get to the field. So, um, yeah, it was quite different. It it was quite quite different, and it was the first time. Many people were frustrated, especially people that <laughs> had been going from before. Like before, we we didn't have to go through all of well, that. Well, so that was the question, Andrew. You just gave me you painted the picture of what it was like Wednesday. The question was, what was it like before for us? practice OGs, us old timers that have gone to practice since day one. What has it normally been like? It's easy, right? You just drive up to easy. the to the parking lot. You walk up to the gate. Uh, a member of the PR team that knows us is there. They open the gate. There's, what, three to five of us at most on a regular practice. And we walk over to the field. Um, there's no barricades. You know, we can even walk onto not the grass you know, that the fields are on, but the grass next to the fields, and we can get close and take pictures and images. But this was a completely different setup, right? There was, um, like you mentioned, there's barricades in terms of, you know, just being able to drive and get around logistically. Um, once you got to the parking lot, a member of the PR staff in the heat of that Wednesday morning, you know, with a tablet was doing uh, a check-in of sorts. Uh, once you got the approval, you parked, uh, by the time I got there, it was still about 10 minutes before we were supposed to get in, which that got pushed back another 20 minutes. You know, everyone was already out of their cars and, and media members were talking. Um, afterwards, once they said, all right, you guys can come in, they opened the gates and there was now a... Stampede. I don't know if there's I was going to say screening process, but there was a further check-in via credentials or a name checklist. Um, from other members of the communication staff. After that, there was a security check that checked your bag. If you had a bag, if you didn't, all the same. They did a, you know, like a, what do they call it? A metal detector, like a wand, checking, make sure you have no metal. After that, then you could enter. Oh, wait, nope, almost forgot. Then once you cleared all that, you got a wristband. After that wristband was put on you, then you could walk towards the area where we normally stand for practice. Although the caveat is that there were uh, barricades, metal barricades that you couldn't pass to separate us from getting too close to the team. Um, so, which is understandable, completely get it. No, not, not making any complaints, uh, at least on my end, you know, there's, I'm sure there'll be things that they'll adjust and tweak to expedite the process. There were some people that were frustrated that they were in the back of the line and had to wait. No, um, to tell but... you the truth, Franco, it was very bad. They had us waiting for more than 40 minutes in the sun with no water, with no tent, with, not anything. If if they didn't, they have to plan for media attention to get better because we cannot be waiting in that heat without any water, without any shade, in that moment. It so was the first day. Out. It was the first yeah. day of school. They'll again. They'll make adjustments. They'll they'll 
tweak it. The, the Royal sure. Franco, you're right, I'm sure. And and it, it was frustrating and it was very hot, but but um I'm sure they'll make adjustments, but also that was still a pretty small turnout comparative to what it's gonna be like, right? So that that was the question for that was the question yeah. I had for you guys, right? Because we've painted the picture. There was a definitely more significant media turnout. Joseph Martinez, you know, when I asked him, he's like, Oh, it's a big change. Um Roughly, how many media members would you say were there, Simon? I, I tried to think of it. I mean, I, I I was going around sixty, something like that. Yeah, I think that's that sounds fair. Maybe a little bit less, you know, and somewhere in that fifty to sixty range. Uh, Andrea, would you would you agree? Do you think there was a little bit less, a little bit more? Yeah, maybe uh, sixty, sixty people. So, sounds about right. Sounds about right. In the fifty to sixty range, I think. I think and how many say. are going to be there on Tuesday when he does his open training session? Well, oh, more. <laughs> gotta gotta get there early. Gotta get there early. All right, guys. So you you know all three of us and Jose, Andrea. You know, I mean, I know you guys know this, but make sure you're not late for whatever reason, because otherwise you're going to be waiting for a a pretty pretty second. Um, with regards to practice, Messi wasn't there in the 15 minutes that we were allotted before the availability before the interviews. Uh, David Beckham was there, watching from the sideline, kicking the ball here or there, posing for a picture, um, not so subtly, but, you know, it, it was not too eventful in terms of what was happening uh, in front of us. Now, that being said, I reported this on Twitter. I was informed by sources that Messi did attend that practice session, that he met some of the players that he was in the training gear. He was accompanied by his sons. I heard they even did the the welcoming tunnel where they, you know, where they, uh, in other parts of the world, they hit you a little bit harder. In the United States, they kind of just give you a little love tap. Not even, not even a love tap, even softer than a love tap um, as you run through like a tunnel of players. Yeah, so I heard that that happened. Now, after when the interviews were taking place, both Joseph Martinez and Drake Callender said they had not met Messi yet, which... Again, I'll stick by my reporting. I'll stick by my sources. He was there, and he definitely had met some players. I can back your reporting up. Both. Okay. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Andrea. Thank you. All right. Because I know some people were like, well, where are the images? You know, if he was there, how come there's no pictures? Again, to reiterate, Andrea made it clear that media was instructed not to take images aside from the 15 minutes that we were allotted to enter the practice facility. So... That's why you didn't see images. And we can go into the big reasons why Inter Miami would do such a thing. I'll just say it very quickly. It's 2023. Inter Miami, like all sports teams and sports franchises, wants to maximize the content it's going to produce. Right? They want to be the first ones um, to put out the Messi uh, in a team practice jersey picture. Right? They want to be the first ones up to, to get all the eyeballs. Because if we do that then that takes away from what people are going to look at at their channel eventually. So um, that's that's part of it. You know, I also heard that since he hadn't officially signed the contract, at least in terms of the public sense, that, you know, they're not able to use his image or his likeness yet. So those are elements at play there. Nonetheless, it was, a, it was an eventful turnout. We talked to the players about it. You know, we talked about how much... It takes away from the focus. Because, again, there is a game to be played this weekend. Simon, how many of the questions were about Messi to both Joseph Martinez and Drake Callender, the two players that spoke on Wednesday morning? Yeah, Drake Drake got a couple of questions about the game, didn't he? Um, 
But overwhelming. It was overwhelmingly. I don't know what it was like. 80, 90 percent messy questions. And and there were people there who were there just to do a messy story. So I don't blame them. You know. Um, uh, absolutely. I listen. I'm not. I'm not criticizing any media member that has you know focusing on messy. But from a team standpoint, right? Like from a, the player standpoint, all the questions are essentially about Messi. You know, I threw in a couple about St. Louis and, and the matchup because there is a game to be played there, and you know, do need to get some insight into that. But uh, I mean, I do think it makes it hard as a player to focus when you have all this hoopla. No, they're not used to it. Absolutely. And Joseph touched on that. Joseph touched on that when I asked him in Spanish um, because he said uh, maybe he said in English actually when I asked him in English. But, you know, he said some of the younger players are in shock because they've never seen anything like that, right? And this is just a sign of what's to come. So, now, Andrea, what are your thoughts on how the team has to approach this, right? From an Inter-Miami standpoint, how do they have to approach focusing, not only for this weekend, but just in the general sense? Because when Messi arrives, again, there's going to be more media presence. There's going to be more distractions. There's going to be more talk on social media. I mean, this is this is definitely going to make them have to dial in and, and really, really, really uh, focus and concentrate on the task at hand rather than a lot of the outside noise that, yes, we, as media members, help create. So, Andrea, from a team standpoint, what, what do they have to do to help block out that noise and focus? Well, uh, it, it's going to be part of Tata's job to do that, especially with a team, team as young, also a team that is going through all these changes and also having to say goodbye to to teammates that they like from the locker room, all that goes into account to a team. So they've been struggling with their run. Uh, Messi's arrival is positive. Uh, if you look at Messi's Messi, he's, uh, he is um, a world champion, et cetera, or whatever you want to say about Messi's um, uh, resume. But... Uh, Getting Messi and his teammates to to get to understand each other and to understand that madness that comes with Messi. Messi is used to it, but these kids that are here and some of the players that are here have never been used to this. I I, I bet Robert Taylor, Leonardo Campana, and even Joseph Martinez, they are not used to all this media attention. You have to see how will they react because then you, you're going to start getting negative comments like yeah, the team has been getting because they're the worst team in the league. And uh, uh, people are already saying Messi is going to come to play with a bunch of piedras, with a bunch of rocks or something like that. So that that is Tata's main job for me in this moment, to get the team comfortable with, with that change, with that idea, and then to get them used to it and... <laughs> thirdly to for them to concentrate on on a football field because if not um if they are not a hundred percent concentrated on that it's going to be hard for them to perform and to get out of the hole in which they are now right and that's why in in, in different parts of the world um you know especially in latin america to use the the spanish term uh los equipos concentran right they go to uh a hotel before even some home games Definitely for yeah, away games, exactly. yeah, a night before, yeah, yeah. so that they can. You don't get that here in MLS, so. They do the same in Europe with that, Franco. Yeah, yeah. I, I just don't know the term in in English exactly. Like in Italian, it's a ritiro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But what's the English term? I've always wondered what the English term is because you can't say like they went to the concentration because it just doesn't it doesn't translate like concentrado, no, no. right? So like in Spanish, it essentially just means you go to the hotel. A day or two before the game. There's no word for and it in English. No. We got. We got to find one. We got to find. We got to. This is the bilingual 
Inner Miami focused podcast. So we've got to we've got to find the word for it, but we don't have to do it right this instant. But anyway, the tr- the translation is that the team goes to a hotel a night or two before so that they can just focus on the game. They're not you know at home. They're not dealing with you know girlfriends, wives, kids, outside distractions, friends, family. You know they're just a- they're just in the hotel. They can't go out. They're just there to talk about and focus on the game. Can they be on their phones and sure and talking to friends and doing all that? Sure. But the main point is to have them in a controlled environment so that they're right. maybe that's the word. Maybe that's, you know, concentration is just a, a controlled environment. Something something along those lines. Um so I mean it does happen in MLS in terms of teams leave the day before an away game most of the times because of the travel. Um but it's not you know usually it's not that big of a difference overall right this is a steep difference um for inter miami in terms of what they would get if they si concentran or if they don't because there's going to be so many things and people pulling at the players and their attention so simon just your thoughts on how yeah. Miami manages this this whole thing so I, I I totally agree with what Andrea was saying there that you know they've got to create that that focus and and find a way to to deal with this. I would actually say that a lot of that comes down to Messi, right? How he is in the locker room because if he comes into the locker room and and he says, "Hey guys, you know," and he's one of the guys and he's like uh, encouraging the young players, he's uh, respecting maybe some of the more senior players as well. He's not behaving like a superstar. He's one of the guys, and everyone starts to like him and get to know him. Um, that can, you know, and becomes a teammate, a true teammate of them. Then I think the problem kind of goes away. It certainly makes Tata's job much easier if he does that, right? But yeah. if he comes in and he's surrounded by his entourage and he comes in the locker room and he just gets his kit on, goes out and plays the game and then his entourage reappear and he's out of there and he doesn't hang out with any of the guys and there's a there's a feeling that it's like you know, especially with him coming in with a couple of his former mm-hmm. boss and teammates yeah, exactly. yeah. you could end up in a situation of there's, oh, there's those three guys and there's those eight, you know, so you don't want that, you've got to, and that is on Messi, really, that is on Messi and he's He's, uh, you know, we'll see what his leadership skills are like because clearly he had some in the Argentine national team. He's a, he's a quite a shy, introverted guy in a lot of ways, but I think within that Argentina team, he's shown some leadership. So he's got to take that on and, and deal with it, I think. And I think that's going to be fundamental, um, you know, to create that harmony in the team and that focus. And, you know, he, he can make, if, if some players are getting frustrated by, the amount of attention and talk there is on Messi, he can make light of that. He can make a joke about it in the locker room or something. But if he doesn't deal with it, those kind of things can fester. So let's keep the show moving. I would like to talk about this topic more, but I think we'll have more opportunity as the next few weeks unfold. Uh, continuing on the Messi topic, he went to dinner on on Wednesday night uh, to an Argentine, I believe, restaurant. Maybe it's Italian. Um, in North Miami Beach, if I'm not mistaken, and there was some media, select media, and fans waiting for him at the back door, and there's clips of this on social media of him leaving with his family, and I guess you could say swarmed. There he was swarmed. He was swarmed by by some people. He even got a kiss on the cheek from one fan um, who was very excited to see him. Uh, He got some hugs. That is unacceptable. Selfies. I know, Andrea, you were... 
not that, happy about that. that. Gives, so go that ahead. That, that's where I was going with it. I, I just wanted you to to yeah. get it off your chest because I know you were none too pleased to see uh, Messi's lack of security detail there. Yeah. It was very disappointing for me to see. I know it's fun for people to meet their idols, and all of us uh, grew up admiring players uh, and uh, soccer, uh, football players, soccer players, however you want to call them. But like he was with his family, and you see people going to his wife and his three kids, and Diego Torres, who was also there. I don't know if Simon knows who Diego Torres is, but he's a famous um, a singer, uh, a Latin Argentine too, Latin. American. American singer. I like him very much. Hopefully he goes on Sunday. <laughs> but you see them and you see them get swarmed by people without not one security uh, helping them. And then you see get messy, get kissed, then get hugged, then get followed to his car. It really, it gave, it gave me anxiety because, listen, uh, this Messi needs to understand that he's a public figure and he's not in Europe anymore. People in Europe are more civilized and will respect your space a little bit more than what he's will going to know? get here. Will they? Will they? Well, will they? at least he he could go to a supermarket in Paris or in Barcelona. Yes, people so ask I'm for actually a picture, gonna... but they Andrea, won't swarm his kids. Andrea, I'm going to burst your bubble here a little bit because you actually said it perfectly. Like I, I was ready to, to jump in and and add this here and burst your bubble while you were saying it. And then you said the perfect word, supermarket. So there's an image right now that just came out. I just stumbled across it here uh, on Twitter. It was posted 29 seconds ago. See, see, An is, hour ago. I saw it an hour ago of him going to Publix. Yeah. He went to Publix. Publix. And was oh come on, Windsor would have been perfect. Exactly, man. he's like acting like a Florida man already going to Publix. Florida man goes to Publix. <laughs> uh, listen, look, there's images of him with a bag in a cart at Publix, and then there's a picture yeah. of him taking uh not a selfie, but taking a picture next to uh, a young lady who is clearly a fan of his. And he looks, you know, he's smiling. He doesn't look uncomfortable. I don't think he looked all too uncomfortable either when he was leaving that restaurant. Now, it wasn't, you know, he wasn't... No, I know. It's not about him feeling uncomfortable. It's about him... Listen, when players go to the NBA, go to the NFL, um, and those players, not one, only LeBron is on Messi's level, not one compares to what Messi is. But every one of those players, I've seen them, gets a security detail and gets a press person that accompanies them or a security right. detail that is always with them. Like you got uh, Victor Wanbayama, who was the first pick in the draft this year. He's not made his NBA debut and he has already a full security team. You, We all saw the Britney drama that happened this weekend with yeah. his security team. But Inter Miami need to get on that because Messi is much bigger than anyone. Like I told you, only LeBron compares to them. And you see any celebrity here in Miami, every artist, any celebrity has to have security in I Miami. Know, man. I don't it's know if I agree because, with that. I don't know if I agree with that. It's it's because of his kids. I know he understands. He doesn't. It, it doesn't bother him of people asking for pictures, but some people will not respect that. And we in Miami has had many stories of many artists and many uh, uh, famous people that have been beaten, even killed like Versace because they didn't have security. So Messi need, and Inter Miami need to take this seriously. I, I you know what? I think, it, I think it, that's it, a bit it, extreme. I, I agree that you got to take some precautions, but I, I, I don't, 
I don't necessarily agree with that 100%. And look, I think part of these public appearances or not public appearances, whatever you want to call them, I think it's all part of the overall plan, right? Like, Messi could easily have one of his people in his entourage go to Publix on his behalf and pick up groceries. Like, he doesn't have to go to Publix and run that errand. I think it's all part of the, the show. Really? I don't I know do. about Absolutely. I like, don't know. He knows he's going to get recognized. He knows people are going to take pictures of him. Like, I, no, I, I, he really, I think they really expected, they really expected for them to be able to go out here and have a no way. quiet life. No way. No way. No way. I don't envision them, I don't envision him at Publix. To go out with their three children without any security. And I don't envision him at Publix, making regular Publix runs all the time. No, I just So you think, you think that's some PR strategy to make him look like a man of the people? I don't. Yes. I think, I think, look, if you had any security advisor, never mind the people around them, right? The security advisors who plan these trips for celebrities, right? They're always planned out ahead of time. Okay, we're going to we're gonna visit Publix. We're going to go in. We're going to have two guys go in the supermarket first. We're going to have two guys behind Messi. We're going to have two guys staying on the door. This stuff all gets planned out for risk, yeah? Mm-hmm. Andrea's completely right about this because they plan out these things for risk. And they can look sometimes like the celebrities just walking around, but there's actually three or four people with earpieces hanging around somewhere. And and they do that because there is a danger, right? There is a risk. Let's, I don't want to dramatize it, but but there is in any city. But I would say definitely in Miami, there's a risk. And and I just wonder if this, you know, we've been just kind of, a few of us have been joking about that statement he gave to the Spanish press when he said he was coming where he said, oh, I want to go out of the spotlight a little bit. I want to, you know, enjoy some family time. In, in, you know. And, like, people were like, oh, yeah, that's going to work out for you, Messi, in Miami, right? You're going to arrive, you're the biggest star to be playing sport in the city, you know, ever, perhaps. I mean, you know, we can argue about the LeBron thing, but but basically up there, right? And, um, and you really expect to have the quiet life. And I thought, no, surely not. Maybe that was just a line for the Spanish media or something. But this kind of stuff makes me wonder: Does it? Does he really think that? Does he really think he's he can just have like a quiet, normal life here? Because um, I don't think he can, to be honest. Unfortunately, it'd be lovely if he could, but I, I mean, I, I agree he... with you that I don't think he can. But I don't. I, I still would say that I think part of this is just strategy to get his face out there in the public. He's here. He's out and about. I don't think we'll see this. After another two, three weeks. I, I think it's just part of me. This is not inside information. Just my sensation, my supposition. I think it's all part of the plan. Who, Who's to say that some of those uh, Argentina fans with uh, with uh, Albi Celeste jersey on aren't part or aren't in on it, right? Who's to say that? No, Franco, I've been around many players in the NBA, NFL, and many celebrities working. And no security will let anyone get near your children like they did with Messi's children yesterday in that parking lot that is there was no security there and that was uh, that gave me anxiety because i've been listen i've 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 been uh in events that presidents have been there celebrities everything and the security is something serious especially in a city as miami so hopefully if messi doesn't like to have security maybe the team can intervene like like i'm telling you nba and nfl do because Listen, for an example, two, I cover the Dolphins, and Tua doesn't go anywhere, anywhere without a security on him all the time. 
and I mean, Inter Miami cannot permit Messi, like when you're going out to the public, right? Where you're going to be followed. So Inter Miami cannot let Messi do that. They need to take care of him and they need to take care of the security, not only in the stadium, but his general security. Uh, okay. I mean, I don't Come disagree on, with you. I don't, dis- what, I don't disagree with you. Happened. I don't disagree with you guys to an extent, but. No, you do. I mean, I don't. I just don't think that it's just he was just as unprotected as you guys are making out. I think there's definitely something behind it. Like he was even driving. Imagine that he was even driving. I mean, he's not even a driver. He's driven in other places in the world. Like again, when he was in Rosario not too long ago, he was riding his bike, and there were images of that, and he waved at the camera. Like I, I, I agree with you guys to an extent, but not fully. Not fully. But anyway, all right, let's keep it Let's keep it moving because we still haven't even talked about Sunday. This coming Sunday is when he will formally be presented as an Inter-Miami player to fans, to media, in an event that I have heard some people describe as sort of like a Super Bowl halftime show. Like, that's what Inter-Miami is going for. There's going to be celebrities. There's going to be musicians. There's going to be entertainment. I will reiterate what I reported earlier this week, but I will clarify so that there's no confusion that I had heard Inter Miami was trying, keyword trying, to line up the likes of Shakira, 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 Kaluma, and yes, Bad Bunny. They were trying. Now, that doesn't mean that they finalized that and they got that over the line and that those three are performing on Sunday. Inter Miami was trying. Now, we'll see... Who they actually bring out, we'll see who actually performs. No details have been publicly announced. We're recording the show on Thursday, so I imagine Friday we're going to get some details. I know fans are going to start getting um, news about their tickets. They were getting tickets today. I got some messages of people complaining because they were not given their usual tickets. Okay, so I I mean, I I heard that Friday there will be some tickets. There will be information with regards to, to parking. And I imagine on Friday we'll hear more about what we can expect or what more we can expect out of Sunday's unveiling at DraftKings Stadium in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. What do you guys expect? Very quickly, very quickly. We still have to talk about some games, but very quickly, what do you think Sunday is going to be like? Simon? Um, I think it's 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 going to be interesting, but I think it's, it's just a hype event, isn't it? Right. So um, I don't expect to hear a lot of words from Messi. I don't think he'll make a big speech. Um, I think it'll all be big build-up until he goes onto the stage, which will happen quite late in the event, I would imagine. Um, and people are going to be screaming and cheering, and it's it's all going to be hype. Um, I don't expect, uh, from our point of view, we're going to get much in the way of like material from from Messi talking about what he wants to do, or or, or Tata giving his views on it, or anything. It's going to be, you know, Jorge Matas and Beckham, I would imagine, like really enjoying being in front of a crowd and enjoying their moment. Fans, you know, showing what it all means to them. It's going to be fun. You know, I don't, I think it's going to be fine, you know. And, uh, you know, there'll be some memes come out of it, I'm sure, of something. But actually, the Shakira thing, like, am, am I, like, totally, like, missing something here? But isn't there, like, some awkward thing with her and, like, a Barcelona teammate? Like... Is that? I mean, that well, a Barcelona well, teammate is not. It was that that, that Antonella, Messi's wife, didn't like Piqué, and that's why 
she was liking all Shakira's songs and everything. After Look the at break. this. Look at this. Miami Total Football Radio has turned into Miami Total Football Farandula because we are just talking about <laughs> gossip and celebrities. Like, honestly, like, I, I, I joke, but, like, really, this is Welcome part of like, the seriously, world. Franco, this is whole like, part of it, yes. Do you think we're not getting El Gordo y La Flaca on Saturday, <laughs> on Sunday? Of course we they're going to be in the stadium, man. Please. <laughs> I mean, I know. I mean, there's definitely that element to it, for sure, 100%. It's unavoidable. It's unavoidable. I, mean, I we, agree we, with Simon. It's just a hype event. It's, it's, it's a pep rally. Big. It's a pep rally. It's a pep rally. And, yeah, it's just high. It And it's not like on a, a an unveiling a presentation like you usually do but because like for example when they Real Madrid presented Cristiano Ronaldo in their stadium they filled it in with 80,000 people but Cristiano talked there and after he went and sat in the press conference to talk with everyone it was not just the show so he answered questions from the media he had his time with the public and everything but here we are getting the press conference until the next day and he's training until the next day. So when that was announced, I really knew that Sunday was just something for the fans and for them to enjoy and for people to notice Messi coming to Miami. It's going to be a circus, right? It's just going to be for you to sit there and be entertained and see Messi. He'll, he probably will do a speech. Busquets is also expected to be in attendance. Jordi Alba, uh, is up in the air, and it sounds like maybe not because his wife is expecting uh, a child any day now. So, or or his partner is expecting a child any day now. Not sure if it's his wife or his girlfriend. Um, but nonetheless, it's it's just going to be a show. And like you said, Andrea, we will not be speaking to him directly. There is a press conference scheduled for Monday. That's when we will be able to speak to him. Uh, don't know where yet. Those details haven't been given to us just yet. But that will take place on Monday, and then Tuesday. Uh, I imagine he will train with the team in some capacity for the first time because we have been invited um, as media to go cover a, a special or historic, and I'm using the you know the quotation mark. Uh, major training. A major, major. There it is. Major. Thank you, Simon. Thanks for the assist. A major training session on Tuesday. <laughs> on, t- on Tuesday. Who could it be? Who on, could it be? On Tuesday morning. Who knows, um, right? But one thing I'm happy of is that we're finally going to stop with those awful Photoshop pictures of Messi in a Inter Miami shirt. Yeah. Please make them stop. If I see another Photoshop photo of Messi smiling, bad Photoshop of Messi smiling with an Inter Miami shirt in, in South Beach, I'm going to go crazy. So that is one positive thing about Sunday, that we're going to see him with a shirt and, and people are going to finally see be able to buy his shirt. Absolutely. That is, and that is, that, is, that. that is absolutely one of the things we need to touch on here because on Tuesday, when I was outside of Draft Pink Stadium, uh, again with Messias 305 and other fans from other supporters groups um, and just other soccer, football fans in general, I caught a glimpse and I did Take video, and this is up on Miami Total Football's YouTube page. It's a very quick video, less than a minute long, but you can see it there. I caught a glimpse of the Messi jersey at long last. Officially, the real Messi jerseys. Uh, The team store was preparing for Sunday. And the employees there, they were taking boxes into the store, and the windows are tinted, but you can see just enough of the La Noche, the black jersey, with the pink lettering, and you see Messi and the 10 there for a brief moment. Inter Miami has also, since then, put out a uh, an image of it, of what the jersey looks like 
um, from behind with the 10 and, and Messi. Um, expect them to go on sale on Sunday. I expect them to fly off the shelves um, because it's something that everybody wants to get their hands on. I expect both. Uh, we are going to video. I'm thinking of getting a pink Messi one and a black Messi one to put as the background for when we move over to a video podcast in the near I, future. Hopefully, soon as next people week. Right now, I'm not changing my background. My background is assured by one of the best Honduran players of all time that played. In England, Simon will know him, I know. Is it Romel Kyoto? I was going to say, if it's no, not Romel Kyoto, all the listeners are going to be very disappointed. No, it's not <laughs> Romel Kyoto. I'm talking about real football players that were good and uh, Dang, took on the Did World you just Cup. diss your boy like that? Wow, I never thought I would hear that. I you am just... mad right now with Romel Kyoto. But that is a topic of, uh, for another day. I will not bring my Wilson Palacios shirt down for a messy shirt. So Wilson. With letting people, yeah, I knew Simon will know who Wilson is, so I'm not getting my Wilson Palacio shirt unless I guess a David, I get a David Ruiz one, maybe. <laughs> I'm uh, so I mean, listen, Sunday's going to be a show. We'll see how it goes. We'll we'll report Let me tell back you something. next week. We've been recording, but I've gotten messages from people sending me articles about what Messi bought in Publix. Nice. Imagine that. Nice. Imagine having that job of having to analyze the picture. Did did he go for the chicken tender sub though? That's the big question. That is the real question because you are not a Florida man or woman until you go in line to a Publix and get a chicken tender sub. So hopefully Messi tried that del- delicacy. <laughs> this show is not sponsored to you by Publix, at least not yet. So Publix, if you're out there and you're listening, you're more than welcome to sponsor us as we are still looking for our first sponsor, which may be coming soon. Maybe coming messy soon. Messy Burger. We could have the Messy Burger as the sponsor. At, or, or, at or Hard the... Rock, yep. There's a lot of things going on right now. I mean, there's murals. I know Andrea and Jose went to some uh, earlier today. There's, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Yeah, there's a lot going on with Messi here in Miami. It really, it, it is, as Simon was saying, I think the only thing comparable is when LeBron was here. And not even LeBron, not, not even LeBron I think, can compare to, to what, I'm, what I'm seeing with Messi. It's like people are... Really, really, really excited. We were in the murals today in, in Wynwood, and there are a couple of them. But every one of them were full of people taking pictures, people getting out of their cars, people making traffic in their cars trying to get pictures of the Messi's uh, murals. It was very interesting to see. So, And we, I saw people from a lot of places in the world, even one from Brazil that was wearing <laughs> their Brazil jersey, but was uh, uh, with his family trying to get a picture in the Messi mural. So it, it, it really opens your eyes to 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 see what what Messi really means for for people here so hopefully uh, people get to enjoy him and and it all turns out well for him on the field not only on the marketing side because as Simon says he the first thing he did when he he got off the plane was not sign the contract but <laughs> unveil his new burger <laughs> Well, maybe he did sign it. We're just waiting for the official image from Inter Miami. It's all it's all orchestrated. This is all orchestrated. This is all carefully thought out and planned. Uh, now, something else that needs to be touched about or talked about, sorry, about Sunday very quickly is something that a lot of people are asking and inquiring about, and that's tickets. So, if you're a season ticket holder, you're going to get tickets to this event. Inter Miami said there may be tickets for sale for more afterwards but nothing new has come of that if there are it's going to be a very 
limited amount. I imagine a lot of tickets are going to family and friends of people that work in and for the club, for players and their friends and family, um, you know, for corporate sponsors, uh, for the artists, for the athletes, for the celebrities. Like a lot of the tickets that might otherwise go to the average Inter Miami fan, a lot of that's going to be taken up by other people that want to catch a glimpse of Messi. Just part of the equation, part of the whole thing. Um, all right. Let's move on from Messi talk very quickly to this past weekend's game. And again, we won't dive a whole lot into it. Not because it's not deserving of it, but because we've gone long here. And because it's this is all still a transition. And the team's going to look a whole lot different in a couple weeks' time. Um, or at least a good bit different. So Inter-Miami took to the road at Audi Field in Washington, D.C., the nation's capital, to play D.C. United. And... Inter-Miami got another point, a third straight draw, but a 10th consecutive match without a victory in MLS play. It was a 2-2 stalemate. Benjamin Kremaski scored the opener in the 59th minute. That was followed up by a Taxi Fontas equalizer in the 65th. Noah Allen then put Inter-Miami ahead with a free kick in the 68th before Nigel Roberta tied it up in the 77th. That was all she wrote. It was a 2-2 draw once again. This was Inter-Miami's starting lineup in what was Javi Morales' final game as interim head coach of the South Florida side. Drake Callender in goal. There was a back five of Benjamin Kremaski, Ian Frey, Serhi Kristoff, Noah Allen, and Robert Taylor. The first line in the midfield, David Ruiz and Dixon Arroyo. Then you had ahead of them, Nicolas Stefanelli and Rodolfo Pizarro, up top by himself, Joseph Martinez. There's a lot of little bullet points we can talk about. One of them being that Nicolas Stefanelli left the game with an injury. Doesn't look as serious as the injuries that Franco Negri and Corentin John recently suffered, but he was stretchered off in this one. Um, you know, he tried to play through it initially. He thought he could, and then he just couldn't, so he went back down and he was subbed out. Another injury. Uh, the injury bug keeps taking bites out of the South Florida side. This was also probably. Very likely Rodolfo Pizarro's final game in an Inter-Miami jersey. We had the very candid interview with him last week, um, but he still played in this one. Reports are that he's going to Athens. He's going to go play for his former coach, and Matias Almeida, who also had some time in MLS as the San Jose Earthquakes manager. He'll go play at AEK Athens um, shortly after agreeing to a mutual rip up of the contract so it's not a buyout from what reports are saying Pizarro will be agreeing to part ways with Inter Miami uh, mutually so uh, with regards to the game I think you know the biggest at least from an analytical standpoint besides the fact that the team continues to fight continues to push despite you know having an uncertain future despite being a team that's bitten by the injury bug is that the Inter Miami played with another back five but they played in a high line and at times, it worked really well. They, they made it very difficult for D.C. United to build out. At other times, with some very quick passing, D.C. United exposed them tremendously. I think the, you know, the, the first D.C. United leveler from Taxi Fontas, I think that was a, a clear-cut example of Inter-Miami just getting you know, taken apart far too easily because they were you know, pressing high and there was a lot of spaces in behind and they just got too stretched in terms of their defensive posture. Now, from what I've heard from sources... This was a direct instruction from Tata Martino. 
who was in the house. He wasn't coaching just yet, but he was in the the stadium with his staff watching from the stands or from a, a suite. Um, so direct instruction. So that to me says that Inter Miami, when they get their new pieces, when they continue to mold this roster around Messi, they're going to play with a high line. At least that's going to be the initial initial attempt. Anyway, Andrea, very quickly, your thoughts or your biggest analysis point from this match. Well, I think the positive thing from this match was um, the youngsters um, performing, getting their goals. Benjamin Kremaski was Kremaski was uh, uh, looking for his goal uh, in, in games past, and I'm glad he got it. And for Noel and to get back with the goal um, really made me happy, especially because I don't really like Noel and playing as a defender. I I really think Noel and could be a good uh, player in attack, and uh, I I I really like seeing him score, uh, and and hopefully we see more from him. I I also like that Javi gave opportunities to Israel, but right, and uh, he got an opportunity to play uh, with the first team in in two games with uh, with Javier Morales, and also to Edison Ascona because he gave him the possibility to come in 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 two games and and and, and in la, in the la, the match before he 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 was involved in 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 Joseph Martinez goal. So I think that's a positive thing, and uh, uh, also uh, one little comment. Uh, that that I wanted to touch on, on this that I don't think it's talked about much uh, is in this game for me the biggest news was the celebration mm, that yeah. Fantas did um, uh, pointing to Inter Miami and calling them crybabies so uh, that was really something to see and I wish I wish that Yenlin was not with the national team just to see him respond to that so so I wanted to say that. yeah yeah no I, and I definitely think listen if this was any other time that that would be a massive talking point. I actually spoke to someone earlier today about that very thing. Someone that's in and around Inter Miami. If it wasn't for all the messy hoopla, that celebration that Fontas did after scoring, again, the first equalizer, would be a massive talking point. And the reason for that is because when Inter Miami played at DC United last year, if you don't remember or if you do remember, uh, I'll just bring it up to refreshing. Uh, and there were allegedly racist remarks from Taxi Fontas, according to DeAndre Yedlin and Damian Lossett. Uh, I think Amin Mabika was also, was also uh, involved in, in the allegations that Taxi Fontas made a racist remark. Now, those were never proven to be true, like by MLS and by the investigation that the league did. So when you see Fontas do that celebration... Clearly, there's more to it behind it, right? Like, it's, it has to do with that incident. It has to do with, um, you know, because he, he said he didn't say anything, right? His version was that he didn't say anything racist. And again, based on MLS's investigation, nothing came of it. They didn't, they didn't find anything to corroborate the allegations. Um, so any other time, that Taxi Fonta celebration is talked about a lot, a lot more. And maybe there's going to be a rivalry and bad blood brewing between you know at least taxi and some of the intermediate players going into next season because listen it's DeAndre Yedlin uh, comes back next year um you know I, I can't imagine he's going to take too kindly after seeing that image I'm sure he watched the game I'm sure he's you know he heard about it so um I'm sure he's not going to be too happy about that but anyway 
Um, moving, moving on. I mean, I mean, definitely Taxi Phone does is making himself a, a villain with regards to, to Inter Miami. But um, moving on, like Andrea, like you said, positives were that Benjamin Kremaski and Noah Allen got their first goals. That the young players continue to get minutes. I believe six homegrown slash academy players finished uh, playing in this game. They were on the field, and there's a really cool picture. Although they're not, you know, they're not all too happy because. You know, they gave away two different leads. But the six youngsters are all standing together there on the field and they pose for a picture. Um, the most academy players or homegrown players to step on the field in a given match in Inter-Miami history. So a pretty neat moment, um, but also one that shows just where Inter-Miami is right now. Like if they're counting on six youngsters um, to, to play heavy minutes in a game, it's because, you know, they're that depleted uh, overall. I do want to ask you, Simon, the Englishman, about this English-related question. Israel Boatwright played in this game, like Andrea mentioned, at right wing back when Inter Miami had to make the change for, for Stefanelli because they, they moved a lot of pieces around. He's not signed to a first-team deal. Harvey Neville is signed to a first-team deal, and he did not enter the game to play in what would have been a very natural position for him. What do you think that says about Harvey Neville's standing with the team, he was on the bench. I mean, I think it's I think it's pretty sad if that's the case. I think that's pretty bad form if that's the case. I mean, the the kid is under contract. He's training. He's been doing his thing. Um, you know, is there is there is there is there is there a reason any other reason that could be given other than they think it's awkward to have him on the field or something? I mean, I, mean, I don't. That's why. That's. I mean, I'm just asking the question. That I mean is a fair question. I mean, I don't know. After. I don't know. I mean, no, no, of course we we don't have and, a and you answer. know it doesn't help also when your father goes on Twitter and begins retweeting negative things about your teammates. So oh, did, I guess that doesn't help did, did, either. Did Phil retweet stuff? Yeah, didn't you see? He no, retweeted no, no. everyone talking about about Pizarro. Oh really? Oh really? Yeah. Oh wow. So that I mean that I mean clearly Phil must have caught wind of the interview Rodolfo did with us. And, exactly. And That's what I thought. Happy. I thought that you had noticed that he retweeted. No, no, no. He retweeted like four negative comments about Pizarro talking bad about Pizarro and that. Really? I, yeah, have, so I was completely unaware the, of that. I guess that for Harvey, I, when Phil oh. left, I was asking the play. I had a media availability with Ian Frey. When you can own, when those past times years ago, when you ha- could have an intermediate <laughs> player just for I yourself. only see one so far. I'm only seeing one so far. And it's one um, that is, so it's a tweet criticizing Pizarro and, and his performance. And then it's Taylor Toelman quote tweeting that tweet and saying 16 million for him with like a, an emoji with the eyes all all big like really um and phil neville retweeted that that's the only tweet that i'm seeing right now that's on phil neville's feed as of today thursday but even even if even if uh but i don't know what that has to do with I don't, yeah, I don't know what that has to do with with harvey neville though well that's it i mean if you know if if they're not comfortable having him around the team for some reason but i'm not saying bench, that they are but, but he's on the bench so he's an option well exactly that's my point you know, if if you're gonna freeze the guy out, freeze the guy out. You know, but having him training with the team, going on the bench. I mean, look look who was on that bench. You know, there was there were many options there. It's down to total bare bones, isn't it? I mm-hmm. mean, Lawson Sunderland. time in Inter Miami might be coming to an end because if he's not making an appearance while he's in uniform, and someone that, in theory, in terms of the roster designation and where they stand in the pecking order. They play for the second team is ahead of him, getting into games ahead of him. 
then I don't think Harvey Neville is long for for Inter Miami. Yeah, but, that's but just, be, that's be, be professional story. about it, one way or the other. I mean, I I had to tell the guy straight. Look, you know, your dad's gone. You're going to be going at the end of the season, so you know, go and train with the youth team and so on. Don't take him along. Put him on the bench and then play everyone in front of him. Right? Just just do it professionally. Yeah, you know, yeah, that, I if, agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, we'll quickly just go to Inter Miami's weekend game away on the road to St. Louis City SC, the expansion mm. side. Game's at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. It's at City Park in St. Louis, Missouri. It's Inter-Miami, the last place team in the Eastern Conference, versus the first place team in the Western Conference. I don't know how St. Louis has done what they've done in year one, because I don't think anybody besides St. Louis fans had them there, even if they had them there. Um, it's a massive, monumental task for an Inter-Miami team that still, yes, they will have Tata Martino leading the way. This will be his first game as an Inter-Miami head coach where he manages from the sideline. But the roster is still very much the same as it was a week ago. It's still very depleted. The reinforcements have not yet arrived. So, Simon, back to you. What kind of game should we expect from Inter-Miami in this one? And sorry, before you answer that, this is St. Louis City's record. They have 12 wins, 2 draws, 8 losses. They've scored 40 goals and given up 27. So, Simon, what kind of game should we expect for Inter-Miami? A really, really tough game. I mean, they just lost 3-0 at LAFC. Um, they didn't really have a, all their top players out on the field in that game. I, uh, I'm not sure if some were missing suspensions or, or some players rested or, or some injuries, but um, either way, they're going to be smarting a little bit from that defeat. Um, and um, they're a good team. They're not, you know, forget about expansion. Yeah, technically, they're an expansion team. But from the first game, I saw quite a lot of their games in the first sort of four or five weeks of the season. You could tell that they've been preparing for months for that moment. The team are really good together, really well coached team. Um, it's going to be be tough they're one of the best teams in mls it's not it's not a new team that's finding its way in the league like we often see it's a team that's ready with good players recruited from around the world and a really good coach so it's going to be a really really tough one if 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 miami can come out of this one with another draw this would be the most creditable draw they've got in this uh, little run they've been on andrea will change the question for you but i know you remember the preseason game that we saw between Inter-Miami and St. Louis City SC, where former Inter-Miami player Indiana Vasilev scored a heck of a free kick goal from distance. Um, so he'll be, you know, he'll be rooting for St. Louis City in that one, whether he steps on the field or not. Nonetheless, nonetheless, Andrea, I think that one ended 4-0, right? If I'm not mistaken. Um, but anyway, nonetheless, what is the key to the game for Inter-Miami in this one? Because, I mean, if last week was anything to go by... They're going to look to play a high line. They're going to look to be aggressive without the ball as well as with the ball when they do have it. What is the key to the game for Inter-Miami, assuming that they take an attacking posture? Well, Franco, I really think that this game, as I, I agree with what Simon said, this game is, is the most difficult one that they they had had in this, in this last matches. Um St. Louis is a good team. I don't think uh, Miami can play that style if they want to win that game. I think, uh, I guess by now, Tata has analyzed the way St. Louis plays and uh, will have to make a decision. 
Kamal Miller is back, so I don't think we're gonna see the same mm-hmm. the same tactics. I think we're 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 going to go back to to a back four with Kamal Miller and Sergi Cristo uh, to bring more balance for for the defense. Uh, the young guys did well, but with Miller here, there is no way that I would keep him on the bench, especially with a team like St. Louis. And um, I think that is the key for me. Uh, I don't think that. They can play like that with with uh, like they did against DC United and they they tried to to do before with St. Louis because that is a team that will make them pay, uh, a team that that will make them pay for their mistakes like DC United did easily to 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 get the tie in in the last match. So for me, the key to this game is 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 to get Kamal Miller back in in, in the defense. DeAndre Yedlin might also be available for this one. Uh, because the U.S. men's national team got eliminated from the Gold Cup, surprisingly there, uh, in the semifinals at the hands of Panama. Via penalty kicks, they were eliminated. Officially, that's a draw. The U.S. didn't lose in the Gold Cup, but they were eliminated via penalty kick defeat. Uh, Inside joke for long-time listeners. Um, Although, it's true. Uh, so So, look, for me... There's a possibility he could be in the lineup. Um, you know, depends on if if Tata Martino is okay with him only getting maybe one to two sessions in at most before the weekend game. Maybe not. I think he's ready. He will be ready because he played the last minutes of the match and extra time. So I think he, he'll be ready to play. From a physical standpoint, right. But does Tata yeah. Martino, from a tactical standpoint, want to play someone that hasn't been around for the week to prepare Absolutely. For, for his first With game? what you have available, I would play Yedlin. Knowing Tata, he, if Yedlin is good physically, I think he he would play him because that young guys did well, but you could go at Yedlin's level. But you could go, right, you could go, right, Robert Taylor and Noah Allen as your wing backs, and you go with a, a center back three of Ian Frey, Serhi Kristoff and the returning Kamal Miller. You could do that, right? So you don't necessarily need to start DeAndre Allen, especially if you take into account his defensive uh, performances, right? Like, he hasn't been overly convincing this year, and neither has a lot of intermediate players. But anyway, um, with regards to the lineup, I think you see the back five again. Um, I think you see the back five I just gave you. I don't think Yedlin starts. Drake Callender in goal. Arroyo and Ruiz are once again that first line of the midfield. Stefanelli's probably out. Pizarro is, uh, well, we haven't had an official announcement yet. You know, he did post on Instagram, like, a, a black screen with, like, his hands together, like, you know, like, praying thank you. Um, so it sounds like, you know, that, that announcement is forthcoming. So you have to change those two uh, more advanced midfielders on the second line. I think you'll see Benjamin Kremaski and, I mean, maybe Edison Ascona. Maybe. Um, and then up top, you'll probably see Joseph Martinez again in front of Leo Campana. That, I think that's what's going to be the starting uh, the starting lineup. Unless, am I missing somebody in the midfield that could also play ahead of Ascona? Andrea, anybody else? Am I blanking? I would play DeAndre Yellen in his position and then get Robert Taylor in the midfield. But I don't, I don't, I don't think they'll play with Robert Taylor centrally. Like, if they're going back five... The whisk coming from the back five. I don't think they're going to have, you know, a, a line of flat four ahead of them. But anyway, we'll see what Tata Martino does in his first game. It'll be interesting for sure. It's kind of been an afterthought and uh, less of a talking point because of all the messy madness, messy mania. But nonetheless, uh, it'll be something to dissect, discuss, and analyze 
uh, on Saturday and next week. So we'll leave it there for the first segment. We have to come back for a very quick Q&A session and our final thoughts. We'll do that after this. Q&A, and it's because we've gone long. All right, so I'm going to give one to each of you, and that's it. Just one response for each of you. First one comes from Carlos Moreno. There are plenty of tickets left to both League Cup, League's Cup games. I know tickets have been released periodically to control demand and pricing, but you'd still think it would be sold out by now. Did we overestimate the demand? Simon. That is surprising. I mean, all we've been reading about is stories saying like how tickets have gone crazy and uh, the prices are through the roof and, and there's still tickets available for next Friday against Cruz Azul. I, I think one of the things is that it's not certain for sure that he's going to play and if he does play, how long he's going to play. Right? Like I, He's not going to have a starting role. I can't imagine he's going to have a starting role if he's just fresh off of vacation and, and doing rondos as of you know, today from what sources told me. So I think there's some element of, of play there. I think it's also the fact that he hasn't been formally announced and you haven't seen him with the jersey on. I think once the end of this week and Sunday and then next Monday and Tuesday happen and there's a lot more, uh, there are a lot more images in the media of Messi in the jersey training and a lot more talk, a lot more conversation, then I think it'll they'll sell out. I think at that point it'll it'll you know kick up. Yeah, to yeah I'm speed. sure it's still surprising that it hasn't done already because, like I say, there's been so many stories about you know these are yeah. the hardest tickets to get in the world and you know it, and suddenly they're not. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, again, that is surprising. It's 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 again some you know you gotta. And I'm not saying you guys just in general for the listeners and for everyone. Um, you know, you gotta decipher what's fact and what's fiction sometimes because um, some of some of the stuff that comes out. It's PR talk. PR talk. Um, all right. Last one. Uh, we'll go to Jack. That's just his name. Jack. I think he's a first-time asker. Hey, guys. I'm sure you've heard about this new fan group called the Messiahs. What do you guys think about them, and how do you think the other fan groups feel about them? I personally think they're a disgrace. So we talked about this earlier in the podcast. <laughs> Andrea, uh, this one's for you. Um, I know, again, we, we already mentioned them uh, well, and, yeah, and the overall sentiment, but this is an example of what we talked about earlier in the pod, right? Like this is, you yes. know, there is that sentiment, not only from other fans around the world and especially in MLS, but even from within the Inter-Miami fan base. So just yeah, to elaborate exactly. there on what, what you it, think. It's, it's a sentiment that many Inter-Miami fans have, have said to me, have, have told me because they are really not happy because... Listen, the goal to bring Messi for them as as the fans, what I've been told, the goal for them bringing Messi is to make Inter Miami a winning team, something that they have not been. And it's a failure for them. It's considered a failure until here because the team has not won anything, has not been competing to win anything. And they they see Messi just as a piece for that because they are real. Messi is at the end of his career and they know that if they if, if they get to get something, it's going to help the team, not just him. But 
for some people to come, I, I guess the fans can can feel that way. For some people to come and say, I don't care if the team loses or if the team is beaten seven zero. I just came here to see Messi. I understand for them to feel bad, and I understand if the supporters group don't want that unofficial supporter group on that section or for them to be part of La Familia. Some may say like, oh, that is unfair because it should be open for everyone. I get that too, but uh, you you really can compare uh, people that have been here since day one and trying to, to get this team up and going to the stadium even when no one goes. We saw US Open Cup games with a hundred people and those a hundred people were from people from 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 La Familia. So I really understand their point of view. And I, I really hope that for the league, this isn't what, get a, what gets attention because it just looks bad. Like, can you imagine someone in any, even here in America, in the rest of America, like no one in, in, in Honduras will go and say, oh, just this player, I prefer this player than the whole team. So because really Honduras isn't getting Leo Messi, that's why. Well, yeah, well, what, whoever goes, because no one is bigger than the club. That is Can you imagine if the Miami Heat fans had, had been a LeBron supporters section? I mean, Miami, listen, the Miami Heat, the Miami Heat didn't have, don't have supporters groups, but, like, you can't tell me that a lot of people didn't just start turning out because LeBron was there. Yeah, but... Yeah, but they cheered for Miami Heat. They, they cared about that team winning their championship. Exactly. I mean... Again, it's a different, different you sport. You got tourists, like, every team in the world, you got tourists, but... Listen, when players leave, I've seen play. I've seen Tetiri leave Arsenal, and Arsenal moved on. I saw him come back, and that does that doesn't mean that he was bigger than the team or that he I was. Mean, the, if Messi leaves, if Messi leaves, it's not like oh, well, Inter Miami is going to cease to exist. But look, exactly. I mean, I, I'll say this because you guys just touched on the the LeBron comparison. I have plenty of friends and conocidos like you know acquaintances that they tuned in they were like oh you know they i would say they got heat jerseys and stuff when lebron was here and then when he left you know they just switched gears and took their attention elsewhere i mean it it happens it happens yeah but that can happen in the nba franco but in football if you do that the club is going to die in a couple of years and with the president south florida has then that is not beneficial in the long run for the team. I, I'm curious to see what, what Inter-Miami does, right? Like how they embrace Messiah's 305 if they do embrace them at all. Do they allow them to come into the supporters group or do they have to have real talks before that happens or do they not let that happen at all? Curious to see what happens. Um, but let's leave it there for the Q&A session. Do either of you have a final thought before we wrap up the show? We've been talking for a while. I will take that as a no. So I will give one final <laughs> thought, and it's only because I have to do some shameless plugging here. I made my debut with Bola Vip uh, in Argentina. It's an Argentine outlet. I am writing in Spanish now as well. So for the first time in my career, I've written a Spanish article, and there will be many more to come. Well done. Um, so just check it out if you, uh, if you can. If you can't read it like Simon, well then uh, use Google Translate. Thanks. No, thanks for that tip. I never thought of that, Franco. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Date. I can read Spanish, football Spanish. I speak Italian, so I can read football Spanish in newspapers. Okay. It's not that different. Okay. All right, well, listen, my, so, my, my so first article... So now that you said that, Simon, I'm going to... When, when Alessandro Nesta was here, he said, oh, I don't speak Spanish. And I told him, oh, you speak Italian, so you, you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> so now I'm going to speak to you in Spanish. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I can, I, I can follow it a little bit, but uh, but speaking it is a different thing because I end up speaking Italian and putting S on the end of words, and it doesn't really work. That no. <laughs> so very quickly, uh, follow my work at Bola Vip. Uh, again, it's in Spanish, so if you can understand Spanish, uh, you know it's the place to be. Ahí estoy escribiendo en español por la primera vez en mi carrera. Gracias a Bola Vip por la oportunidad. Um, for you guys, you too. Um, before I let you go, my first article was on who will be the number nine that plays alongside Messi once he's available. And of course, the two options are Joseph Martinez and Leo Campana. Very quickly, who do you guys think will be the starting number nine alongside Leo Messi? Now, who you want, who do you think will be the starting number nine? Simon, quickly. I would say they will start with Martinez, but then Campana becomes the long-term partner or medium-term. I like it. I like the answer and the way you formulated it, Andrea. I could see that happening too, but I think for Inter Miami's own good, I think they're they're gonna go with Leonardo Campana, who has a contract for more years with the team. Shocking! I disagree with Andrea and Simon. You and I did a lot of agreeing on your first appearance. I agree with you here. I think Tata's more familiar with Joseph Martinez. We've seen Joseph Martinez start uh, the majority of the games that Javi Morales was the interim head coach. I think Joseph Martinez will be looked at as a preferred option initially, but I agree with Simon. I think ultimately his overall lack of form and Campana's better level at this present moment, I think Campana will, will end up being the number nine that starts with Messi, but I do think it starts with Joseph. Anyway, that does it for this week's show. It was a jam-packed one. A lot, a lot of messy talk. We'll be back next week for even more messy talk. Because we've got a presentation, we've got a press conference, and we've got a major training session to cover. So, for Simon Evans, for Andrea Yanis, I am Franco Penizo. You have been listening to Miami Totalpa Radio. We'll talk to you guys again.